Welcome to the B&E Podcast with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the creative process and finding the balance between artistry and industry. Entirely uncut and unscripted. Everybody, it's the BNE podcast <laughs> with Brandon and Evan, <laughs> keeping it interesting as always on these silly little openings. Okay, so uh, we are going to talk about this supercharge your hard work with intention. Mmm, mm. tastes mm. good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we have a live audience listening to this for those of you who are hearing this later in your car, working out at the gym or washing dishes or whatever you're doing. Um, so you can always come join us for live, uh, you know, and actually watch us as we podcast this stuff if you're ever interested. Yeah. But, um, you know, so there's a, there's a live audience on here watching us live as we do this podcast. But, um, here's the thing, everybody. Uh, we're talking about this because right now, and, and you might've heard me talk about this and mention it on previous podcasts for the last couple of weeks. Um, but I've been really working with the power of intention a lot in my life. And particularly I've been working with, um, affirmation. Basically it's called a, a visualization affirmation meditation. So let me say it again, visualization, affirmation, meditation. So how does this work? The visualization is you visualize the life you want. You visualize the things you want. You visualize, um, you have visual cues, images. So for example, I have this one, which is revolving around money and wealth. So what I do is I literally imagine opening up my wallet and pulling out like, and seeing it so full, it barely closes and then pulling out like hundred dollar bills or whatever, $20 bills or whatever it might be. And having to put them in some kind of safe or something, because if I, I just can't carry that much cash with me all the time, you know, cause I just have so much cash. And then I look into my safe and my safe is full and I'm like, Oh man, I got to go to the bank. Cause I got so much money on me right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this is the visualization. Yeah. So as you do those visualizations, they start to become your reality. You start to feel like this is true. Okay. And then the affirmation part is some type of saying my saying, uh, currently is money comes to me frequently easily and abundantly. And I say that over and over. And sometimes I do it in the mornings, uh, and sometimes at night, but I'll do it in the mornings. I'll look at my little vision board. I'll do my visualizations. As I say, these affirmations, it creates a link. So every time I say this, the image of pulling a massive amount of money comes, you know, into my mind of pulling it out of my wallet or my safe or whatever. And, um, you know, I see money coming in, like I'll visualize like, Oh, all of a sudden I just got paid for something. I didn't expect it to happen. And, And these things, you know, happen. So then what, what's really interesting is this has been going on for a couple of weeks. So here's, this is what's funny. I went to the horse, the horse race track. Now people might think this is crazy, but it, it's so, it's so interesting. I went to the horse race track. I bet on three different horses. The first horse I bet on for the win one, the second horse I bet on one. So two in a row, two bets in a row out of all the horses. I didn't know anything, just bet on them. And here's how I did it. And then I'd been on three horses. The third one lost by a nose. (laughs) 
I almost won all three of my bets. It was really interesting. So I, I walked away. I had a bunch of money, like, and then I just, you know, I went out for my friend's birthday. I, I basically was out there, drank and ate totally for free the whole night. Yeah. So, um, the, the way I did it was this, I kept saying this to myself, you know, that money comes to me frequently and easily. And, um, and basically, uh, I would wait for a sign. So like, I'd be like, I'd go, okay, what horse do I feel like picking? And then three numbers would come to me. So it'd be like three, seven, and nine. And then I'd be like, okay, I don't know which of those to pick, which one one am I feeling? And so then I would kind of just check it in. And if one kind of popped up, I'd go, okay, that's the one I'll, I'll, now if I hear a sign or see a sign or see a number or hear a number or whatever, I'll pick it. So what happened was I picked this number and the first number I picked, I'm like, okay, I think this is what I'm going to go for. And then someone nearby me would say that number, or I'd see that number somewhere, or the screen would show me literally that horse. And I, I had no idea what I was doing. Right? Yeah. And then I, I went and I did this. And so it's kind of crazy because I, I went to the horse track and I came back a winner. You know, I came back with more money than I bet, you know yeah. what I mean? Which is a pretty cool win today. And, and actually yesterday I got paid for something that I didn't even expect I was going to get paid for. So I got like another $400 just kind of come into my life. Mm-hmm. So it's an avenue that was created in my life. So like, and then uh, there's just been a bunch of things where I've been, I've been getting money. Oh yeah. A producer called me and said, Hey, we need to pay you for this thing. And I didn't even think I was going to get money for this. This is another payment that's going to come in. Yeah. And I didn't think I was getting paid for it at all. And then the producer, another producer called me and said, uh, they were going to, they, they told me I could ask what I wanted. They could raise my rate. So things are happening financially. Yeah. So the meditation part is where you kind of just sit there and you let yourself breathe and be centered and kind of feel it. Right. Yeah. So I, I just kind of want to say like, I'm setting an intention in the motion and things are happening. Now, I also want to point out that now I'm kind of creating more avenues to, to, for money to come to me because if I just rely on lotto tickets and gambling and 50, 50, <laughs> I mean, that's a, that's a, not the best strategy. Yeah. I mean, I still might, you know, benefit from it, but it's not a good long-term strategy. No. You know, it isn't in life. You know that, right? No. So, so I need to create avenues for earning more in, in other avenues. But anyway, this power of intention, it, I'm finding it's really working. Yeah. Plus my state it's in, it's informing my state a lot, which is kind of neat. Cause it's like really cool when things are working, you know? Yes. And so I think like right now people go, Oh, it's only been a couple of weeks. Just wait a month and then it'll tap out. That's, those are the thoughts you got to be careful of. Those are the thoughts that get you like to stop believing in yourself. Yeah. You know? And, and, and I want to say one last thing before I, before you comment, believe, just think about this word. It's how you be and how you live. That's what believe is. Yeah. So whenever you stop, when you stop being and living as though your life is a certain way and you start being and living as though it's some other way, the way you behave, the way you believe your life will go, okay, well you're being and living as though this is so, so this will be so. But if you be and live as though this will be so, then this will be so. So what you really got to do is get in the discipline and I'm working on it myself, getting the discipline of believing and being and living as though what you want is so. And then it makes it a lot easier for this type of thing to happen for you. And Mm -hmm. it starts with intent and then you create avenues and you take little actions that will help you make that possible. Yeah. And don't expect too much too soon, you know, but, but just like stick with it, you know? it's been a couple of weeks. It's been interesting. Like, you know, uh, 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 more money has come in than normally comes in with a lot of ease and pretty frequently in the last couple of weeks, which is 
kind of unusual for me as an artist, usually kind of haphazard and whatever, yeah. but it's kind of neat. So you could say that it's coincidence of past action, but anyway, I'm playing it out I'm going with it. So I'm thinking, you know, I want to kind of share that as a story just to launch us off. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, there's a lot like whatever you believe or, or don't believe, you know, in all of this, like whether you believe that there's, you know, that the universe like is listening or it, you know, is conspiring for you and stuff like that, whether you believe that or not, there is something that has been measured about the psychology of these things. And it's like what a lot of like these sort of motivational speakers, um, you know, like the Tony Robbins and people like them, the, the Jack Canfields and, and whatnot. Um, a lot of it is like, so if you don't believe in that sort of energetic stuff about all of it, I mean, there is a, a great deal that we can say about, uh, our own just mentality and by sh- cha- tell, basically telling ourselves a different story of things, especially like, because I mean, life itself can challenge us enough. Um, being artists, uh, has its own unique set of challenges. Uh, especially since artists are in some ways kind of entrepreneurs as well. Hmm. So you're not only like having to continually create something, which is both what's wonderful and what can be horrible about it. You know, it's a double edged sword because creation is wonderful, but you have to continually keep doing it. Hmm. Uh, for your entire career, because nobody else can do what you're doing. Right. You know, the whole point of you being an artist is because nobody can say this thing in quite the way that you can. Right. You can't get somebody else to create your art. It just doesn't happen. You know, it's not like a turnkey operation of a business, you know? So there are elements of like being an entrepreneur as an artist, but there's a level which is like, you're always hands-on. Mm. There's no way you're not hands-on. So it, it is both wonderful and horrible at times. Uh, and the idea is we make it kind of less the horrible. (laughs) And so much of the horrible is our mindset is how we're looking at it. And by doing these things of giving ourselves, uh, powerful intentions by giving ourselves powerful in, uh, uh, affirmations, we do actually, and they, and there's studies on this, that's like, we, we rewire our brains, you know, like our actual, like the, the connections our brains make the, the, how we're tied to different emotions, even within our brains is we start to strengthen better, like the things that we want more of in our life. Mm. So whether you think it's energy or if it's actually just like our, us rewiring our brains to see differently. It doesn't really matter if it's starting to breed more positive results in our lives. Right. So let's get into this whole thing of setting ourselves intentions, how that can be such a, such a, an important thing for us to do as artists and and to turn it, I think, for me, it's like to turn into a practice because it's one of those things that I neglect all the time. Yeah. You know, is to give myself powerful intentions, powerful affirmations. Um, well, let's talk about why you don't and why I, I haven't before, you know, I, I, I'll go through these periods where I don't do it, you know? And, um, you know, 
what is that all about? Like, why don't we do it? Like, what is, what happens? And I, I, I mean, I think for me on the most immediate way that I can, uh, I can put it out is that I stop believing that it works. I, I stop believing that it's possible. I start to think that maybe I'm being silly or I'm not getting the results I want immediately. Um, and I'm not willing to be persistent with it. Like, you know, I think when we start some of these things, like the power of intention and, and the law of attraction, we try to apply this stuff. I think the problem is, is that, you know, a lot of the time you're like, you do it and you go, and let's be honest with ourselves. We want immediate results. We want to have it right now. Yeah. And so like, here's the thing, like, um, you don't really know what the win is unless you're looking for the win. So like, uh, I bought a lottery ticket the other day. I talked about it on the last podcast. Well, the lottery ticket didn't win. Yeah. But what ended up happening was I went to the lotto store and ended up buying two more lotto tickets. And so maybe one of those will win. Maybe they won't. But here's a really interesting thing. Someone I've been hanging out with a lot bought me a, uh, brought, went out and bought me a scratch and win ticket for like, you know, set for life type of thing. Yeah. Because they were like, you are so like, it's so clear that like, I believe this is going to happen for you because you believe it so much. I believe it too. And and they were like, I, I want to be a part of it. So they went out and bought me a ticket. (laughs) Well, so it's kind of interesting because you don't really know where the win is. And so, you know, now here the scratch and win didn't necessarily win. So you start to look at you go, well, okay, but I'm buying these lottery tickets. It's not working. I'm not immediately winning the lottery. You got to look, that's not necessarily what the win is. The win is that I was so determined that I enrolled someone into believing this will also happen. Yeah. Okay. That is the win. So what did that do? What's the real win? It reinforced my own belief that I'm on the right path, that, that I am enrolling the world into believing that I will get money. And so the thing is, is if you think about it, the more people that get enrolled into this idea that I will get paid, that I will make money frequently and easily and abundantly, the more people who believe that, the more it creates a momentum around me where that becomes accessible because more people are kind of buying into that idea. The thing is, is that we, we don't know where the win is, but we always have to be looking for the win. Even when you don't win the lottery ticket, you have to see that there's a win there. Because th- when you start seeing that losses, that's where you're going to get off track, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think that's where before I got knocked off course. But now I'm more aware. I'm more educated about this. I, I understand it a little bit more. Yeah. So I'm not allowing those little things to knock me off track. I'm not allowing to derail me. And like, you know what? I, uh, I didn't necessarily win the scratch and win. But surprisingly, $400 that was not supposed to come to me came to me today. Um you know, basically through an unaffiliated source that I didn't ask that I didn't, that I didn't like tell them what I was up to. It was just like, so it was like 400 bucks. There you go. So like, yeah, you don't, you don't necessarily know what's going on. You don't know, but you got to always look for the win. Yeah. That's my thing. And I think what happens is the reason why we fall off track is because we start looking at how we're losing and then we get knocked off. Exactly. And, and to me, it's also, it's like, you've got to look again, sometimes what's so funny to me is that, you know, we'll convince ourselves, um, you know, we'll, we'll use our, our cynicism, uh, like that's, we talked a little bit about this on the last podcast, but we'll use like cynicism as if that's like being realistic. 
that somehow, um, you know, saying it's like, oh, well, that's like a bunch of garbage, right? And I don't believe that. And, you know, it's... And, and so what you're really doing is, it's not really, you're not actually being realistic about things. You're actually just choosing a different way of looking at something. And so I always just try and insist to people, it's like, well, that's not very pragmatic. You're not being very pragmatic about your own life. Because what do you gain from saying, oh, no, this isn't true. Nothing good's coming for me. You know, these things aren't going to come easily. Right. And blah, blah. It's like, what, what are you, and, and what, is, what are you enforcing in yourself? Mm-hmm. What kind of, um, emotion are you, are you eliciting in your own life through that attitude? You know, by having a, a, a positive attitude, by giving yourself, and I'm not saying, you know, like, like, oh, be positive, be positive, right? Like, I'm talking like, because things challenge us, that's life, right? But there is something to be said about having a, a, a practice, you know, and really actively looking for good things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and expecting good things to happen that has far reaching implications in our lives. Uh, so when, when, and cause I know I've done this as well, you have to actually start to question, why would you want to not believe this is true? Why would you want to convince yourself hmm. of bad things? Like what do you, it's what kind do you of, get out of that? That's, that's the big question, right? Exactly. What do you get out of being a pessimist? What do you get out of being negative? What do you get out of being quote unquote realistic? Like, what do you get out of that? Because you know, that's the big thing. Here's, here's where things change for me, Evan. It, it came, it came with two simple beliefs and I'm not entirely sure which one came first, but I'm pretty sure which one did, which was, I started to accept that the universe is conspiring to help me. Yeah. That everything around me is always conspiring to make me better. It's actually doing both things. It's always conspiring to help me. And it's, and it's always conspiring to uh, make it more difficult for me. It's actually doing both. But yeah. here's the thing. If I look for how it's always conspiring to help me, which I actually truly believe it is and believe I'm being and living as though that's so right. So once I accepted that, then everything that happens, I go, okay, well, what's the gift here? What's the benefit? Well, how, like, like if, if the universe is conspiring to help me, why is it doing this to help me? Like, why is Mm -hmm. it like, why is it doing this to actually like, what is it teaching me, giving me, creating an opportunity for me, inspiring or encouraging me to take another action I wouldn't take if it gave me what I think I want. Yeah. So I'm looking at it that way. The next belief, and you and I had a big talk about this actually after the podcast, but was once that belief kind of locked in and really solidified, and I really kind of accepted that, I realized that there's this other thing, which is that nothing inside of me can harm me. So I used to kind of avoid emotions. Yeah. And, and maybe in still some ways I still do, but you know, I'll, I'll cross those bridges when I come to them. But for the time being, I'm like, well, nothing can hurt me. So it doesn't matter if I'm sad. It doesn't matter if I'm angry. It doesn't matter if I'm like, you know, even a little bit sick. It's, it, it's not, that's not designed to hurt me. That's actually designed to help me. Mm -hmm. So when I get sick, what my body is telling me 
is, Hey, like you're pushing yourself too hard. Hey, you're not getting enough rest. Hey, you're not like being mindful about what you're doing out here in the world. You know, you're being a little careless. Um, you know, if I'm getting stomach pains or, or, you know, like, you know, diarrhea or something weird like that, right. What, what was saying is like, look, you're not eating stuff that's actually helping this machine run properly. So these are the effects, like the body's telling me you, you did something that isn't working for us. And like, I'm giving you signs so that you know that even if it's painful inside of you, it's not there to harm you. It's there to actually help you. Yeah. So those two beliefs combined together have changed everything for me because the universe is conspiring to help me and nothing inside of me can harm me. It's all there to help me with you, with those two simple beliefs, everything kind of changes because yeah. now you, now I look in the world and I go, okay, if the universe is conspiring to help me, how is it conspiring to help me? And if I'm feeling something weird or bad, how is this actually trying to help me? Like, what yeah. is it actually doing? Like what, what thing is it, is it trying to tell me? So I, so I'm more mindful and, 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 and deal with myself better. Yeah. Right. And the only person, like, I mean, if you think about the realist who goes, Oh, you know, like none of that, like the, you know, none of that, like we die and like the world's hard and cold and whatever, like whatever their belief is. Yeah, yeah. Basically you're saying, I want to still eat the shitty food and do the bad habits and I just basically don't want to listen to what my body is. I'd rather just take medication to feel better. And if you take medication, what are you telling your body? You're saying, no, you don't matter. I I don't care what you're telling me. I don't care. uh, I don't care that you're trying to signal me and let me know what's going on here. I'm just going to mask you. So I'm going to drink. I'm going to smoke. I'm going to do, I'm going to take this pill. I'm going to do this thing. You know, I'm going to watch TV. I'm going to disconnect from any feeling because those feelings are bad and you're trying to hurt me. So people are walking around thinking that their own internal world is hurting them. Right. Mm. And the thing is, is like, once I change that, I realize, wait a minute. So that means nothing inside of me or outside of me is here to actually harm me. It's all here. It's all here to actually help me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it's in some ways it's like, it's all in how you, you alchemize it. Right. Because yeah, it's there in some way, this is kind of a crazy corner conversation almost this might be heading into, <laughs> but be, it's yeah. like, it's like, you know, cause it's not like, like I, I agree with you in the sense it's like, Oh yes. A lot of our inter- internal world is not trying to harm us, but we can make it into something that will harm us. Sure. Right. It's all in how, how we look at it, which again is part of our intention our intention with our internal world. There's like, are we going to use it to our internal world to validate a negative standpoint or a positive one? Because you can always, there's always a choice. This is one thing that I've, I've learned more and more like the depth of how true it is with every passing year, you know, it's just like, wow, how much of my experience of life is my choice? how much I enjoy it or how much I hate it Hmm. is my choice. It doesn't always feel that way, but eventually I I'll hit a point to be like, Oh wow. I totally chose that. Hmm. I totally made that my world. Right. I made that the truth. That was the story I was telling myself. And we have the power to choose a different story. And by starting to create powerful intentions, powerful affirmations in our life, we can start to shift that we can rewire our brains. We can, you know, 
get things moving in a way that is a lot more graceful, mm-hmm. perhaps, <laughs> for lack well, of a better word. You know, the thing is, is that, you know, we assume that reality is reality, but we forget and fail to recognize that before you ever know reality or even see reality, you have perception. So our perception of reality is not reality. Yeah. Reality is reality, but we don't see reality. We see our perception of reality. That's a very important distinction to make because people say they're realistic. It's like, you're not realistic. You don't see reality. None of us actually see reality. We all see our perception of reality. So for you to say you're realistic is to say, well, I see more of reality than you do. Even if that's true, you don't see all of reality. You have, you have a very like, um, there's a lot of filters going on. There's a lot of framing going on. There's a lot of personal biases. There's your whole history that's coming in. There's the way you've, your brain has been wired or you've wired your brain. It's, there's filters based on your, your education, based on whatever. Um, there's awarenesses and empathies you haven't built yet. So you're, you're actually have such a fraction of what reality is to, to even be a realist is like, it, it just begins to work against yourself. Now, I do think that some people have more life experience. So they have a certain kind of like interaction with the world, but it doesn't necessarily mean they know more of what's good and bad. They just know more of like how hard it hurts when you fall from a higher thing or, you know, what people tend to do on average in their culture, right? Yeah. In, in, in a limited spectrum. But like, that doesn't necessarily, just because you're aware of that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't, uh, that you have to behave with pessimism or negativity. Like, um, you know, in, in fact, I've come to realize that, um, having experience and remaining optimistic and positive is where, uh, is where all the victories are really won. Because if you think about it, the more life experience you have, the easier it is to be pessimistic and negative. So if you think about it, that's the easy choice. That's the weak choice. Um, the choice that's actually difficult, the choice that actually requires some skill that requires like mindfulness is actually being positive and optimistic. The more experience you get. And if you can turn that into positive and optimistic is actually the one where you build muscle and strength. Yeah. Um, the, the easy choice is just to be negative and pessimistic. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it reminds me, I, I mentioned this on a talk a while ago, but there's, um, uh, big think they had like the guy who's been like the, the chief editor of wired magazine. He did this great little talk on, on, um, optimist shape the future. Mm. So, and it's like, and it's fascinating because it's like, you know, it's in, I, and I find all of these little things so interesting in the grand scheme of the picture where it's like, yeah, it is so much easier to be a pessimist, to see the worst, to, um, just to be down about life or to be down about where we are and like, just to be down about things is not, you don't have to go far to prove yourself right. Mm. Um, 
and it is in many ways, like you're saying, it's, it's kind of the easier choice to make to do that. And on some level, yeah. In the, in the big picture of it, it's the harder decision to make. I think, I believe at least, but if you can, if you learn to rewire yourself into a more positive way, there is evidence to suggest that it's actually the more powerful force in our world. Hmm. Because like this guy was saying, he's like, optimists shape the future. Optimists are the ones who create, you know, the, the technologies, the wisdoms of tomorrow. They're the ones who push everything along in a positive way. So what does that, what does that tell us? Mm -hmm. Right? What does that tell us in a world of, of lots of pessimists who are disguising themselves as realists? But the real thing is that optimists are actually the ones who are shaping the future, right? Optimists are the ones who are actually creating our, our everyday lives for the better. You know, it's, it's so true because the thing is, is with the optimist, they're looking into the future and going, you know, I think this could be possible. The pessimist is looking at it going, it's not possible because of this, this, and this. But the thing is, is like, let's just say we go back to the time where everybody thought the world was flat. Well, if you think the world's flat and you're a pessimist, you go, well, you can't do that. You're just going to fall off the edge of the ocean. You're going to fall off the edge of the earth. Like it's, it's flat. You're going to die. You're going to eat by a sea monster. Like, so they just don't even do it because yeah. they're like, you know, because realists, if you think about it and pessimist kind of thing, it's really just an excuse to justify playing it safe. Mm. the optimist has to take the risk. They're the one that says, you know what? I know everyone says the world's flat and I know they say you'll fall off the edge. And I know they say when you go deep in the ocean, you're skating by sea monsters, but I'm going to go out there anyway and I'm going to risk it. And I'm going to try it out. Cause I, 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 I think maybe not. And in the very least, maybe if that's so, I still need to go see it for myself. So the optimist, although sometimes kind of silly in certain ways, especially to realists and pessimists, they have to have a certain kind of courage. Courage takes a certain kind of strength. You've got to go face some fears and you have to buck public opinion a little. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think the thing is, is that it's, you know, if you want to fight for your limitations, you'll get them. If you want to fight for your possibilities, you'll get them. Yeah. So what do you want to fight for in your life? If you're a pessimist, I think you're fighting for your limitations. And if you're an optimist, you're fighting for your possibilities. I want to say one other thing, please fantasy. How does this relate to it? Well, we can fantasize and we can kind of be in that fairy tale esque kind of idea. Like, Oh, wouldn't it be wonderful if that's really nice. And I think that's where the realist kind of attacks the optimist and the, and the, and and the fantasy version person. Right. Yeah. But fantasy is something where it's a really wonderful idea. It's wonderful to imagine possibility, but the, the realist can, can, can have a skill that the fantasy person maybe doesn't, which is a certain kind of practicality, which is like, okay, look, I'm, I'm willing to let go of my pessimism, but I'm not going to believe in fairy tales and fantasy because that's ridiculous to me, yeah. but I'm, I'm not going to say they're not possible, but let's like, look at the actual practical step-by-step way this has to happen because it's like, you know, some people like want to become millionaires, but they have no practical step to become a millionaire. And so it's like their only shot is the lottery. So 
if you're, if you're, if you're betting all on one thing, you know, chances are it's probably not going to work out. I mean, because that's fantasy, right? And maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But the thing is, is if you look at it kind of like, okay, have the visualization, have the optimism, have the positivity, but be practical about it. So you go, I want to be a millionaire. First of all, do you know how much money you have to make per hour to be a millionaire? Do you know how much money you need to make per week, per day, per month, right? What do you have to do? And, and, and also what's your timeline is a millionaire even specific. Here's another thing. Like they say, um, a, like a goal is not, I want to be rich. A goal is I want 5 million in three years. That's the difference. So you need to determine, am I a millionaire? Once I have a million dollars in my bank, am I a millionaire? Once I've made a million dollars in my lifetime, am I a millionaire? Once I have made $10 million in my life. What point do you become a millionaire? So yeah. we have these visions and they're not clear and specific, right? So, you know, it's funny. My dad used to get me to do this visualization when we lost all our money. We were living in a, a trailer park. I've talked about this a little bit, but he said, I want you to imagine that you, your wallet is so full of money that you can't, you don't even have places to put, you can't even fit your wallet in your pocket and money's like falling out of it and you need to put it somewhere. And I used to do this visualization. Well, one day when I was making Soldiers of the Apocalypse, one of our investors, um, I went over to his house and he gave us our first $10,000. Yeah. And it was in $20 bills. <laughs> if you've ever seen $10,000 in $20 bills, it's a big friggin' stack of money. Yeah. And I'm holding this in my hand. And no, he was not a drug dealer, but, yeah. you know, but I was carrying around this money, which was so interesting to me because I was like, wow this visualization I had at like 16 years old was coming true. Like 10 years later, it, I was actually, I had so much money. I, I, you know, I couldn't even put it all in my wallet. I couldn't even like, it was, it was more full than even my little cash box that I had. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and, and to me that was like such a cool thing, but you know, I think what happens is you get knocked off track on these visualizations and, but you know, I, I think what happened was there was probably a powerful intent that was happening when I was younger and it was happening a little bit later. And the time it took was me actually doing the practical things necessary for me to actually get that kind of money in my hands. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of interesting how that all works, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, action is such a key word in all of this, you know, like intentions are, are great, but without action, some kind of action, they're meaningless. Same with action without intention. Yes. Yeah. So they, exactly. need, they, they come they together. Are, they are sort of a, a yin and yang because you can, yeah, you can work real hard without any sense of direction or intention or what it's all for, where, where you want it to go. Some idea of that. And you know, it's like, it's not that nothing will happen, but it's, it's, it will all be a little bit aimless. Yes. You know, like it's, it's kind of like, you know, it, it's almost like, uh, having a, sh- you know, a shotgun mm. and using a shotgun to try and hit a target that's, you know, a thousand meters away. Right. It works for close range. Doesn't work for long range, not stuff. for long range stuff. Right. Yeah. So you need the intention and you need the action. Yeah. Right. Because that's the thing with intentions, like a sniper rifle, it's like you send a bullet like a 3000 yards and you hit that target. Right. Yeah. Whereas 
like just action without intention is much like a shotgun. It, if you take action on something that's very immediate, it will probably work out just fine. But you'll start to find that the less immediate the result you're trying to go for is, the more you'll have less impact. Yeah. And the more you'll wonder why you're not getting the results. It's a good analogy. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to I've been trying to brush <laughs> up on my analogies on this show. I love it when I love analogies. They're so good. I mean, they can they can just help you visualize and understand yeah. how certain things work, right? Maybe it's because I'm sitting in your in your usual spot. Yeah, maybe. And getting some of that Brando magic over here. <laughs> yeah, for those who don't know, I always speak in analogies. Um, but uh, I've learned that that that's a good a good way. It's a good, yeah. it's a good philosophical tool to help you understand sometimes a little bit more complex ideas. Yes. Cause actually the, you know, I think the thing with intention and attraction and all of that is that you gotta, you know, the way I'm looking at it is like this, it requires visualization. It requires a certain amount of knowing kind of what you want and being specific about that, or not even being so specific, but having almost kind of things that align with a, with the direction you want to go. You know what yeah. I mean? You don't necessarily have to know specifically what has to happen, but it doesn't, it's okay to, but you kind of need to go, I don't want to go in this direction at least. Cause that'll give you some yeah. focus. And that's what intention's really all about because yeah. it's like, you know, there is, um, I think sometimes there's almost like a, there can be a trap with that occurs with goal setting you know, is that like, you have, it's like, no, this is the goal. This is what it is. This is what it's going to look like. And boom, that's it. You know, it's, it's important to have, Hmm. to have a, have a visualization, but you've also got to leave room for some unexpected things to occur. Right. Because we just don't have the minds to perceive everything that could happen on the way. Right. Like there's most likely it's going to happen in a way that you didn't think. And when you get there, it's not going to be exactly what you might've thought at the beginning. Mm. Most likely, uh, that doesn't mean that it's, it's worse. In fact, it'll probably be better. But when you get to, sometimes I think with goal setting, it becomes like this rigid thing and it's tunnel vision. And it's like, which is why I think intention is really about, um, giving yourself a direction, giving yourself some kind of an image to work towards, right? But leaving some room for things to happen along the way. Hmm. Uh, and you'll, and you'll end up landing somewhere close to it. Mm-hmm. Right. It's like this adaptability and, um, letting go of expectations a little bit. Like, you know, like you don't necessarily need to know where or how the money is going to come all the time. But if it's money, for example, that's just money I'm working with, but you want to think of it like, uh, carving paths or trenches, so to speak. Like if water will always take the easiest, lowest road, you need to make like paths that are directed towards you in the world where money can flow to you. Cause money, money does move much like water in that sense, like through our society, like people will, put money where it's easy to put money. So like, for example, if your TV breaks and you really like watching TV, it's not going to be too long before you put money towards a TV. Yeah. So if, um, I've been there. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So whatever it is, it doesn't matter if you need new shoes, you're going to get new shoes. Right. So the thing is, is that, um, 
will we'll put money to wherever it's easy to put money. If your shoes are kind of like, you don't really like them, but they're like kind of brand new, but you kind of don't really like them. You might not be so inclined to get new shoes. So you might not be as willing to put your money there. Yeah. So the thing is, is the same way money goes out is, is, is very similar mm-hmm. to the way money goes in. So what you need to do, here's the thing. I'm going to, I'm going to give everybody a little secret here. You need to make it easy for people to give you money. I, I, there's a little more complicated that than to do that, but you basically need to do this. You need to make it easy for people to give you money. You need to make them, you need to set it up. So like people would want to give you money. So, um, and I'm going to go back on a couple of things that I, I mentioned in earlier podcasts. I really don't like our base education system. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it. I th- actually, I think it's necessary based on our current culture. So I'm yeah. not like I'm not saying throw the baby out with the bathwater, but it needs a few upgrades. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. And the upgrades are this. Most people are learning that the only way to make money is by their hour or by their time. That's one avenue to make money. You can exchange your time and you can get money. That's one of the worst ways to make money, by the way. Yeah. It's, it's, it's maybe a little bit better than gambling. <laughs> but it's probably one of the worst, but yet yeah, most of society functions on that. Actually a much better way to make money is to provide a service, um, or a product or to create some type of value or c- to create some type of system or to create something where you create a result for somebody that they need, you know, or you become actually a middleman or a middlewoman of things where you kind of like can help two parties get what they want by connecting them. Yeah. You know, so doing things like that is actually creating new avenues for money. So if you're having struggles with money, what you really need to do is you need to create new and different avenues. And so you might not even be aware of what your avenues are. So what you first thing you go do is Google, go online and go ways to make money, ways to make money from home, ways to make money on the road. Yeah. Ways to make and people have written articles. And what I did is I went through one day and I did it. I found 60 ways to make money. There was actually about 80, but I discarded about 20 of them because I was like, ah, these aren't really good options for me, but I came up with 60 that I was willing to do yeah. 60 avenues of money option. And, and only one of them was work a day job where I changed my hour for. Yeah. So there's 59 other options if that's what you're doing more than that. There's 60. Cause I actually yeah. came up with more than 60, probably 63. So the thing is, is that, you know, now it's about application. How many of these 60 X options am, am I willing to apply to my life? Yeah. You know, how many am I willing to do and which ones are, how, which one of those actually fit within your life and your lifestyle Sure. and something that you might actually want to do mm-hmm. that you're actually passionate about doing because you know, the, for, for artists, kind of the reason why you do is because you don't want to do a lot of the shit that people do. Right. Um, I want to, I want to take this a a little bit, uh, away from the money side. Not that we won't, that that's not important because that is so, that is so often a struggle for artists. You know, money is one of the biggest things that artists will complain about or struggle with. Um, but there are so many ways that, uh, we can use intention and affirmation, uh, in our lives that, that go beyond money. Money is one part is certainly one part of our lives. It's a, it's a big part of our lives. Um, but there are other ways in which we can use intention to empower us as artists. And that can be in just 
overcoming, you know, the blank page Mm. that can, that can be in overcoming our fears of stepping out on stage. Uh, you know, like we can, we can come up with, with things for ourselves that, that give us strength, that give us confidence, um, wherever we need it. I think that's kind of the beauty of, of this whole thing is that it's like, you know, you're not necessarily going to keep the same intention, right? Your entire life. You know, there might be certain things that are more important to you at certain, certain, and that's the beauty of it is that it can, it's something that you can change and shift based on how you want to direct yourself. Like maybe you've got this story idea and you want to write this story. You've got this novel, but you just like the, your, the intimidation of the blank page, this idea that you have in your head. And now you've got all kinds of shit. You've got all the negative voices stirring around, you know, from again, probably a pattern, a pattern that we've been running. That's just like, this isn't going to be good. Hmm. or I'm not going to be able to do this justice or people are going to hate this and blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, you start to set yourself an intention and an affirmation. You say it to yourself every single day, you know, first thing. And you say, I step in front of the blank page with excitement, enthusiasm, and I execute it with precision. Hmm. Just as a, just that's something off the top of my head. Sure. That might not be what it's used. You, you got the thing is you got to use language that excites you. Yeah. I think a lot of actors might be able to like groove into this one because it's like actors learn this kind of thing. A lot of actors at least do in terms of, because so much of, of acting and, and learning to do a scene and, and do a play or a film is you learn so much about intentions. Mm-hmm you learn about what is your character's intention and what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And that can be a way that we could, we might dive into that a little bit too, to provide some examples as to the, the power of intention. Sure. Uh, but you learn to use uh, a language that excites you language that empowers you language that just gets your blood churning. Mm. Right. And, and that's, it, it becomes almost a creative activity in itself of coming up with these intentions. Mm. Right. It's like, but one of the things, um, really pertaining as, as far as like for, for actors out there or for any artist listening right now who might be able to, to grab onto something of, of actors process, you know, you like you step into a scene with an intention, right? Sometimes call like objective and some people, uh, there's probably somebody out there like, well, objectives and intentions are different. It's, <laughs> it's like, I, I'm not going to get into that technical argument. It's kind of mundane and besides the point for me, but there's something to me about that's, that's great about intention within a scene. Mm. You're, you're stepping in, you have this intention going into it. It's like, this is what I'm trying, what I'm, I'm trying to make happen. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm attempting to do. That was a very important distinguishing thing that, uh, that an acting teacher had said to me once that was like, Oh, that's really interesting. Cause up to that point I thought of, Oh, I step into the scene. I have this objective and I execute it and blah, blah. Like it's, you know, it's, and it, it made me very kind of cut off mm. and very kind of rigid and unresponsive to my scene partner mm-hmm. and to changes that happen. And, and I wasn't able to adjust as a result. Yeah. Uh, and then I had an acting teacher who said every, every scene he said was, is about the attempt. 
you are trying to do something. So there's the intention of it. I intend on doing this, but there are going to be things that happen in between there. Mm -hmm. And I might not get it in this scene. Right. It might not happen, but I, I'm going to try to do this. Mm-hmm. Well, intention is an interesting thing too, because here's another thing. Like you are, you are intending to go do something, right? And, and every time you intend to do something, what will happen is the universe or other people or whatever you want to call it will sometimes get in your way. And every time you move, it'll something will keep being in your way. And so your intention, you, you, you know, needs to be adaptable in the sense that you, you want to go, okay, well, like sometimes you're trying to go down a path. You're trying to force something down a path and you go, well, I I keep trying to do the same thing and go this way, but everything blocks me. Yeah. Sometimes you got to look at it and go, can I get what I want going a whole nother way? So let me give you an analogy pool. Okay. So let's say I want to sink the eight ball because that's my game. I want to, I want to win it. Right. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is I set the eight ball up, you know, I'm about to put it and the other player can't sink a ball. So what the other player does is they put a ball right in the pocket where the eight ball needs to go, or they set it up. So they make it very difficult for me to get a direct shot on that eight yeah. ball. And so then I go, well, man, I can't shoot for the pocket. I thought I was going to shoot for or I can, but it's too risky. I could sink the white ball, lose the game, or I might yeah. miss hit it and mess everything up. And then might even set it up where I lose. So life's a little bit like that. You're, you know, you're going to have other things in the world. Um, and, and I don't know, it's, it's, it's rare. You're going to have the adversity of a person necessarily getting in your way. That's actually not so yeah. common. It's usually going to be you getting in your own way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes what ends up happening is you intend on doing something a certain way. And the, and the universe just goes, no, not that way. And you have to be willing to go, okay, this is what I'm dealing with. Yeah. And so sometimes your intention requires a few more moves or it requires looking at your intention and going, do I have to go this way? And if I don't, what are my other options? Because maybe yeah. you can get the same result just going to another way. Yes. You know, well, because sometimes the action is just a start off point. You know, mm-hmm. it's not an end unto itself. It's like, well, this is the action that I'm taking. That's going to get me there. Right. It's like, you don't know that. And I think sports is always such a great sports really is, um, a terrific metaphor for so much of, of our lives. Right. You know, and it's, uh, like you can run a play, right? Like, and you can practice it or it can be drawn up. You know, you see that oftentimes like in, um, like in basketball or football or hockey or something, you know, it's like, there's like, they take the time out and the coach is on there and everyone's huddled around and they're drawing out a play. We're going to run this, right? The thing is, is that it might not happen like that. And even just before, even before the game, you're practicing all of these different plays, you know, and it's, and it's great when they work. But the thing is like, well, you're supposed to make this pass at this point to, complete this play, but guess what? Somebody's in the lane. Mm -hmm. You can't make that pass. Mm -hmm. The play's gone. There's a new path though, right? Like with every sort of thing, it, to me, it's the, the whole, this whole idea of, of something stopping or blocking or whatever. It's like, that's not actually really what I think is happening to me. It's just a different path. Yeah. It's It's a different path. It's a redirection. It's a, it's, it's a focusing. It's like, nope, it's this way. 
It's like, it's like, I know you thought it was this way, but it's this way. Mm -hmm. So you've got to do it right. You've got to, you've, that's part of the, I think what's wonderful about intention is that it's like, it leaves, it allows room. We talked about breathing in the last podcast, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like that. It allows breath for you to say, Oh, okay. This was the action that I wanted or that I took. Right. Because again, intention and action, they, they go together. Otherwise like one without the other is completely meaningless. Yeah. You know, like, and that's where the practicality comes in too, because I think that's where the realist can, can apply their skill a little. Cause like the realist can acknowledge, okay, well this doesn't work from here to here. It does not work. There's something in the way. And, and the thing is, is sometimes I think people who call themselves realists, they get pessimistic about that. They go, well, see, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's like, no, it's not that it doesn't work. It just means that you need to go around this obstacle because you're right. There is no direct path here, but, and maybe you need to go this way, or maybe you need to go that way. You need to do something different than the obvious, but you're, 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 yes, you're correct in the fact that no, there is not a direct path here but it doesn't mean that there's not a path and you might need to find a new way. And so I think the thing where the optimist can flourish is where they have enough realisticness to say, okay, this isn't going to work, but let's maybe try this other way. Because I think if I do this, I might have a kind of an angle or I might have a shot on this thing. You know what I mean? And like, that's where like, you know, realist in our society right now, is, is very commonly being paired with pessimist and negative. Like when yeah. people say I'm being realistic, like, excuse me, usually not fuck you. Yeah. You're not being realistic. You're not even being more realistic than I am. The only thing that you're realistic about is this, this does not work directly. That's all you can know. Cause that's all any of us know right now. Yeah. You, you know, if you say that it's impossible for you to go over here and do this, you don't know that cause we're not there. And if you've never been there before, you don't know. Yeah. When I did my show, you know, uh, soldiers of the apocalypse, right. I spent my, I, I, you know, I spent my life savings on this thing and we ended up getting investments and we did the whole thing. But people used to tell me when I started off, they said, that's impossible. You can't do it. And I said, I can, I don't know how, but I know I can. And we did it. We shot yeah. this whole project and it was incredible. One of the most incredible experiences in my life. And, and just I, demands a little bit of creativity. And that's what it took. And we figured out a way. Yeah. And you know, we've run into other obstacles, but the thing is we're still working it. We're still figuring out a way to work this out. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. It's taken more time to get this project complete and finished and out there and all of that. But the thing is, is that, you know, we might at some point, who knows? I mean, I I don't know. We might at some point say, you know what? It's been a good battle. Like maybe we'll never release it this way, but you know, things are happening. It's, you know, we're going the network option or whatever, but regardless, we actually got done what people said we couldn't get done. And to me, that was an incredible lesson because you have to, I think if you really want to truly be an optimist, and, uh, and, and, you know, and have dreams and have vision, you have to be like, okay, look, I don't know the way. Um, but I know there is a way, or I, I believe, and I'm going to live as though there and be as though there is a way. And the thing is that I get it. Everybody sees the direct path and they go, it's not possible, but, but yes. And maybe there is no direct path here, but let's try another way because I believe there's always a chink in the armor. There's always a weak spot. 
even in the, even in the things that seem impossible to do, there's always a way. And it might take you like, you know, 10,000 times to do it. And then you invent the light bulb, but there's always a way. Yeah. And so that's where you have to kind of be like, okay, well, it's, it's only not realistic for you if you aren't willing to be patient and have persistence. Like if you are patient and persistent, you can accomplish pretty much anything in this life. Yeah. But you know, it may take time. It may take, um, trial and error and you need to start getting okay with quote unquote failure and start looking at failure as not a loss, but a lesson. Yeah. That's how, how an optimist does, right? Yeah. You know, the, uh, the pessimist slash realist, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, as long as it's just like, see that like didn't work. Like almost it's like you shouldn't have even tried. They're trying to prove their point, trying to prove their point, right? right. Trying to prove their stance. And it's like, well, it, it's still not even necessarily true. It's because the optimist will then go, it's like, yeah, you know what? Like, and in many ways they're being more of the realist. It's like, yeah, you know what? I tried that and that didn't work, but I learned this. And so now I'm going to try it in this way. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, and it's, so there's still finding, finding the, the gold, you know, the gold in the Hills, you know, the, the silver lining yes. to everything and positively moving forward. Right. It doesn't mean that you don't necessarily have to lick your wounds sometimes. Yeah. That, that, that's going to happen. You know, like we our our pride and our egos step in and, and we can acknowledge that and we can, but then we got to let it go. Yeah. You let it go and you move forward because the alternative is, is just like death. The mm. alternative is, is sitting around doing nothing. Right. The alternative is giving up on our dreams and giving up on things that we're passionate about. And like, that's, you know what? I might be so bold to say that the pessimist, the negative person is giving, is asking for permission to die. Yeah, they really are. Cause they're saying, listen, believe me, this is the way it works. So we don't even have to try. They're basically fighting for limitations, fighting for laziness, fighting for let's not put the effort in. Cause you know, and, and the thing is, is the other problem with the pessimist, they become the dream killers of the world. Because if you think about it, they, if they gave up on their dream, they want everyone else to, because if someone else does what they said in their own youth or their own life was impossible, then they want everyone else to believe it's impossible too. Because if someone proves them wrong, they have to look back on their life and go, man, I fucked up. I am the one who was wrong. And that's a big blow, right? So I think what happens with sometimes with parents and, and people who are older and teachers, sometimes they gave up on their dreams and they were pessimistic and negative. And then you get a young person who's a dreamer and they're like, no, it's not possible. You can't do it because they gave up. And the thing is, is to keep aware that these people are not, they're, they don't really have a bad intention. No. They don't the even know they're it, doing it's, it. Yeah. it's, it's a fear thing, you know, like they're afraid for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's important, I think, for us to have compassion for these, uh, for people who are like this, yeah. um, who are pessimistic, you know, because there's, you know, uh, one of the best people who I think, uh, talks about this is, uh, Julia Cameron. You ever read like the artist's way? Terrific book. If you're an artist, go and pick up this book. And, you know, whenever you can try and do, do her sort of 12 week program. Mm. Um, 
You know, I would love to probably try and do that again. I'm going to do it again. Commit myself again to doing yeah. it the artist's way. Um, but she taught, she, she calls these individuals and I like it. What she kind of, how she sort of identifies these individuals. She says they're blocked creatives. Mm. It's a good way so to look at it. It is a good way to look at it. And yeah. she's like, they're just blocked, you know, it's just like, there's just, there's too many things in the way for them to like really express and put out what they're, they really want to, mm. you know, and it helps to have some compassion for, for people who can sometimes cast doubt on us or project their own doubt mm-hmm. onto us. Um, but it's, uh, and it's also, I think part of what we're talking about here too, with the power of intention is maybe you're on the other end of this. And, and most of us have probably have gone through bouts of this. I know I have where I've been a blocked creative. Mm-hmm. you like, I'm just like, I've got too much shit in my way. And intentions can really help us break through some of these blocks and no longer be blocked creatives and just be functioning, flowing, moving creatives, finding opportunities, you know, finding options, finding paths. Well, you know, the other thing too is, you know, if someone is saying something and you don't like it, and it doesn't fit with your model of how you want to live, you don't have to take it on. You know, that's an important thing for people to remember too. Like, you know, when people told me that making the show was not possible, I, I didn't accept it. I never accepted it. I, I, I don't even think of a time where I ever accepted it. I, I, I decided it was possible and I would find a way. And I didn't know how long it would took me. And it took me time. It took effort. It took energy. It took a lot, but we figured it away. And that actually, the only reason why I'm a professional screenwriter now, and I'm getting paid to do this shit is because I made that show. If I never Mm -hmm. made that show, I would not be here today. I I just like, I, it was what opened the door for me and what continues in many ways, that door opening that door opened many other doors that are even still opening up now. And it started with me having an intention to do something and not necessarily knowing how. And, um, you know, I've definitely been blocked in my life. And here's the thing. I think we are kind of speaking to blocked creatives in many way. We're speaking to people who are kind of a little blocked Yeah. because we're all a little blocked. Like, let's be honest. I mean, if we weren't, then we don't need to listen to a podcast about artistry and industry because yeah. we're, we'd be doing it. You know what I mean? Like we'd be the one here and you and I would be interviewing them. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're like the reason, con- the reason why we're even doing this podcast is because we have blocks and we're trying to work through them. Absolutely. Right? I mean, I think that, yeah, in, in many ways, every episode that we've ever recorded in this podcast is all about unblocking. I mean, that's really what it is. I mean, every single episode has been about, let's just help remove one or two blocks here in this episode or see where some of them are. Dude, my success since we started this has monumentally increased. Like we've done a hundred this is like our 143rd. I I've had so much more success because of this podcast, because yeah. we, we literally keep removing blocks and it keeps opening up doors for me. Yeah. You and, know what I mean? So it's been a wonderful thing. And I, and like, it's not, as much as this is for our listening audiences, it's just as much for me and I'm sure for you, but like, I I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been finding it's monumentally helped me. Oh yeah, absolutely. On, on mine, like I'm, you know, right now I'm in the middle of, of recording music. Yeah. You know, which is something that like, I've always 
kind of dreamt of and daydreamed about of like recording a song, like an original song and I'm doing it in some ways. I'm kind of just like, I can't even believe that this is happening right now because you know, having done this podcast and having had the conversations and dove into, because you got to shine a light. That's, that's part of like, again, I think what we're doing is just trying to shine lights on shit. Yeah. Shine lights on the creative process, the thing, the things that we do, the things that we're up against. Right. And most of the things we're up against is, is it's all internal. It's all mm. our own shit for the most part. You know, it's, it's our internal struggles. And the more we shine a light on them, the less power they have over us. And I know that I am more creatively free than I've ever been in my entire life. You know, maybe when I was a young, young man and I hadn't, you know, really come up against any big challenges, right? right? Maybe I was kind of, I was free in some ways then, but, um, it's, I would not be recording music had it not been for us having these conversations and, and looking at all of these different blocks, right. And trying to, and see how we can remove these things, see how, or how we can let them not, not stop us, not impede us. Sometimes like a victory is just like, it only slowed me down this time. Right. You know, it didn't stop me where before it stopped me, it just kind of slowed me down for a moment, but then I went through it. Well, you know, I don't know if you remember, um, uh, it was around episode, I think it was 96 or it was right around there. You know, we, we were talking, it was the new year, right? We had just yeah. started somewhere in the nineties there. I think it was maybe the late eighties, but we were, uh, episode 80 something or 90 something. It's yeah. right around there. Um, but it was the new year. Yeah. And I was talking about how the year before in, uh, 2016, how I had not achieved many of my goals that I had set over the oh, year. Yeah. Well, already it's halfway through the year. And I mean, uh, um, a lot of my goals were set, not necessarily to be met in the beginning of the year. They're all set to be met now. Right. But already halfway through the year, which is actually, it might not sound like a lot, but I'm already 25% through all of my goals. Yeah. I had 40 goals. I've already accomplished 10. And in the next following month, I'm actually going to accomplish. I was checking it. I'm like, wow, I'm going to accomplish about another five or possibly even 10 here just by like the time fall hits. Yeah. And then once winter hits, they're going to be clicking off because I've been doing the work. I've been putting in the effort to make this stuff happen. Yeah. And so that one episode about setting up my intention of accomplishing these goals is actually paying off right now Yeah. because I'm chipping away at it. So like, you know, little things that we talked about before are taking effect now and I'm seeing the benefits of them. And, and it really does, it really is about like intention is kind of like you intention is kind of like saying, I want this and realistic is going, but I realize I have these blocks or blocks. I don't even know that are between me and this thing I want. So what I'm going to do in the meantime is as I head towards this, I'm going to just remove blocks out of the way, or I'm going to redirect myself to get around the blocks I have, because the only reason why you can't have exactly what you want right now is there's something obstructing between you and it right now. Yeah. And once you figure out what your obstruction is, and once you figure out the way to get around or over or under or through this obstruction, you're going to, you're going to realize that like, you're a little closer, you're a little closer, yeah. you're a little closer. Well, I mean, in some ways the intention 
and the affirmations that you create for yourself are actually an acknowledgement of your blocks. Mm. You know, they're not just like, you know, based on nothing positive thinking, you know, it's actually your intentions should in some way actually reflect where you have blocks. And it's sort of a declaration that you're not going to let them stop you. Right? Like, so, uh, earlier I said, it's like, you know, it's like the, the blank page is like, excites me. And well, like what, like you say an affirmation like that to yourself, it's because you're not excited about getting in front of there. It's because you're afraid of staring at that blank page and you're afraid of all these things. So you say something to counter it. You say something to be like, okay, you know what? I know that you're there. I know that your shit is there. I know that I'm dealing with this because I was like this, I, I've got blocks around it. So I'm going to say that I don't have a block around this anymore, mm. right? I'm going to tell myself I don't have a block anymore. And there's something that just, I don't know, it just changes your energy. It really does. It just really shifts your energy. And if all it does is it gets you to sit down and type out, like bang out a couple of words or something, or just like, you know, say out a few lines from a monologue or something. That's a win. Yeah. That's a win where it was once a loss that you were, that you're carrying around with you like every single day, Mm. you know, you find a few more wins and you find, and you, and you find the little wins, right. You know, and that's where like intentions become, you know, like it's, it has that snowball thing, right? You know, it starts off as just like a little like whisper and it becomes an avalanche by the end of it. Right. Cause sometimes it doesn't take much. You know, the other thing, uh, you know, you're so right because the other thing that I, uh, well, right is an interesting thing. I, I agree with you so much because the thing is what I'm finding is it's been, I don't know what, like two weeks, about since I've been doing this affirmation and every single day I'm building more momentum. And this is an interesting thing because like it started very small and it started very like, you know, yeah, I kind of believe this. I kind of believe this. It's like little train, you know, mm-hmm. that could, you know, kind of believe this. And now I'm like at a point where I'm like, I absolutely like, I really believe this. And every day it's like enforcing the belief. Right. And what's ended up happening is because I believe in it more, I'm behaving more as though it's so, and I'm doing more things to make it so, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I find the biggest demotivator for me is lack of certainty. Mm. And once I, yeah, get, yeah. once I get certain, I find I'm super motivated to do stuff. Yeah. It's usually when I'm uncertain. And what this has actually been creating for me is a sense of certainty. And the more certain I get, the more motivated I get, the more motivated I get, the more energy I have, the more energy I have, the more it fills my, my vision and motivation and everything. And it's just like, all of a sudden, you know, you're kind of moving. And like, now I'm kind of like, now I have a little bit of momentum, you know? So I'm really seeing that, like the persistence of it and the constant kind of like being on it is really giving me a certain kind of like, um, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a train. It takes a little bit to start it up, but then once you start to get going, eventually yeah. you're going to hit a, I, I feel like I'm going to hit a speed where I'm like, okay, like I'm just, this is yeah. what I do now. Well, you know, it's yeah. like, it's getting the locomotive going. Right. Right. You know, it's like a standstill. You got to shovel the colon yeah. a little bit, you know, you got to turn it into a, into a practice. Right. Right. And I think that that's, I think this is actually an important thing to, to enforce here is that you, especially at the beginning, if you're not doing this, 
you've got to turn it into a practice. Mm-hmm. You really have to give it your conscious attention and say, it's like, cause I know for myself, I'm already going like, like, I, I'm so excited about this because like, <laughs> I've, I've not yeah. been doing this and I'm just like, you know what? I know this shit works. Yeah. You know? And I know that the reason I'm not doing it is because I'm letting some of my blocks tell the story right? of how this is going to go and how this is all going to play out. It's like, well, you know what? Now it's time for me to go on the offense yeah. a little bit, right? That's what kind of intention is like. You're going on the offense because you know what? It's like we said earlier, it's easy to look out there in the world. The world is constantly trying to tell us you flip on the news or, or even look at, you know, you look at your Facebook feed and people are just like, the world is shit. Everything <laughs> is shit. And it's like, so it's easy to get sucked in, right? It's easy to get thrown into that void of it's all shit and nothing's going to happen ever. Right? Like that's, it's so easy to do it because we're being reinforced that externally all the time. Mm -hmm. And it hits on our own doubts and fears and stuff like that, you know? Um, so you've got to go on and and you got to start shoveling the coal into that engine and say, it's like, you know what? I'm going to counter this. You know, you've got to counter it. You've got to start, um, telling a different story of how this is all going to go for yourself. And that's why you have to turn it into a practice. This is where I was getting to. Sorry. I was a little bit of a roundabout. I had to collect my thoughts. Um, but basically this is why you have to, especially at the start, turn this into a practice. This is how I see it is that you've got to get up and make it that first thing that you do every morning. And maybe you do it again at another point in the day and you say to yourself, it's like, okay, first thing I do when I get up and, or, and the last thing I do before I go to bed, or maybe it's soon as and you set up a practice, say, I'm going to go and do this. And I'm going to set these intentions every single day, mm-hmm. even if I don't feel like doing it. Right. You know, I was like, I'm going to go, and I'm going to do it. Even if I feel silly, even if I think this is ridiculous, I'm going to get out there. I'm going to do it because you've got to keep going back on the offense you've got to go on the offense against your blocks. I like right? this. I like, I like thinking of it that way. It is kind of go on the offense. It's kind of like go and score in life, you know, put yeah. yourself out there, take some risks. Don't be so defensive all the time, you know? And I think that's the thing about the pessimist and the, you know, the, uh, the negative realist, they're like always on the defensive. They're always like, what's well, not going to work out anyway. So like, I want to protect myself from it not working out. But the optimist is someone who puts themselves out and they take a bit of a risk. The thing is, is like most of our fears too are so nonsense. Like the things that we're worried that are going to happen are not really even problems at all. Like, you know, uh, going like anything you don't have right now, you don't have it. So you can't lose it. So why are you asking for it? Like it's, it's so simple. Why are you asking for what you need? Anything that you don't have right now, like, why aren't you asking for like, and it might not be like, if I go back to money, say it might not be like asking people for money, but if you don't know how to make money, ask people how to make money. 
How do you make money? What do you do? You know, go to talk to people who do it, who make a lot more money than you do. And like, what do you do? How did you do it? Where did it begin? Were you working a job like me? And, and at some point did it change? What did you, what do you know? What, like ask questions, Yeah. find out. Because the thing is, if they say like, I, I don't want to talk to you about it, you haven't lost anything yet. Go talk to someone else. There's like so many people on this planet you can go talk to. Yeah. And you know, I, I just reached out to somebody the other day on, on Facebook. Don't even know them. I just sent them a nice message and, you know, complimented them and like, uh, you know, just said, Hey, like, I really like what you did over here, created a new contact. And now I'm sure that I could go to that person and be like, they added me and now we're friends and whatever. And you know, it's kind of neat. And so I go, well, I could ask this person a couple questions. I'm sure they'd be willing to help me out before that started. I didn't have a friend. So if they didn't want to be my friend, I didn't lose anything. Yeah. You know, and the thing is, is when you go forward, not trying to get stuff from people all the time either, you, you know, you go forward with kind of giving. That's why they say, um, you know, they say that in the book and the secret, they say it in all these law of attraction books, be grateful and contribute. The reason why it's so important to be grateful and contribute is you don't want to become a taker. Like if you give a lot and you just start looking at how you can constantly help without trying to get anything eventually there'll become a time where you need to ask for something. And because you contributed so much, people will actually give you what you want. Yeah. But if you never contribute, don't be surprised when you ask for something, you keep getting no's because you keep taking. Yeah. So like my, my rule is, and you know, I've learned, I've, I've learned this and many speakers talk about it. Uh, uh, one guy who talks about it all the time, but give, 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 then take, then your agenda. Yeah. but give three times to whatever it is that you want. So if, if you want to unlock essentially the master key to the universe is you give three times at least before you ever ask for anything Yeah. and anything you do, there's one other rule, anything you do, you always walk the extra mile. You do something that you don't have to do that isn't expected of you. You just do it as a little extra. So not necessarily with, with art, but when you're trying to help somebody, right, you do a little extra contribution. So you don't have to do it, but you do it anyway. You're not going to necessarily get any immediate rewards for it, but you do it anyway. So it's like, um, I did this on set one day. I'll give you, I'll just give you a practical example so people can relate. I was a PA on set. So I'm a PI on PA on set, which is basically, you know, production assistant, doing locations, moving chairs, setting up tables, sweeping floors, doing all the crap work. But what I would do is I'd go to the prop guys and I'd be like, Hey, uh, you know, the windows or, or whatever the set deck guys, the windows here are like kind of, uh, you know, whatever. Do you want me to wash them? They'd be like, Oh yeah, that's cool. So I'd go and I'd wipe them down. I'd Windex them, wipe them down. The, the general, uh, or the uh, production manager came up to me and he goes, I really like your work. And he was like, you know, and he was constantly like going, Hey, look like, you know, and, and I could tell that I was making an impression on him. Then when the props guys came around and the set deck guys came around, cause I was helping them just, I just, I just was looking for opportunities to walk a little extra mile. What ended up happening was the, by the end of it, the, the props guys were like, look, we have jobs. Do you want to work them? Do you want to be our next prop guy? So I was getting hired in upgraded new jobs, new departments by walking a little extra mile here and there everywhere I could. And so I think we don't realize that there's so much opportunity out there. Like if you are a brand new student, like a film, like you're just getting into film and you want to, like, I suggest work on set, go be a PA, go do PA work. Like you are the 
fucking master of PA. <laughs> like, be the best PA that ever fucking existed. Yeah. And then every time you see an opportunity to do more, don't wait for people to be, don't wait for anyone to ask you. Go up to people, go up to your location manager or whoever and go, hey, would it help you if I go do this right now? And they'll be like, yeah, of course, go do it. And just go keep asking them, like, um, what do you need? What's the next thing you need? They're going to be so in love with you that people are going to be like hiring you for every single job. And I'm telling you, it's going to be hard work at first, but just put in that hard work because what's going to happen is you're going to make great connections and you're going to get offered all these other jobs. Now, if you want to be a filmmaker and you're a film student, which I say at some point, you're going to have to pull the umbilical cord. Yeah. You're going to be working in some department. You'll have succeeded. You need to be able to pull the umbilical cord and be like, I'm going to go off and make my own production. That's when you should talk to me <laughs> after you've got some life experience. Cause yeah. now you're going to be ready, but like, or talk to someone else who's like a real producer and just ask the producer on set, go, okay, look, I want to make my own film. What do I need to do? Cause you'll have earned that respect with them. You contributed to them and gave to them so much. Of course they're going to help you. They might even fund your project. They might even help you get financing. Yeah. But the thing is, is that we don't see that that's an important element. So I also want to mention this intention is not just about looking at what you can get. It's more actually about looking at what you can give. And by looking at what you can give, you can actually get a lot more. And, and you have so much to give. You're like over, like we are all overflowing with so much wealth to give but, but we're lacking usually in only a few areas. Yeah. You can get all the areas you're lacking in fulfilled. If you look at where you're abundant and give where you're abundant, when you're young, you tend to have a lot of time and you don't need as much money to live. So give your time and use your hard work and use your, your youthful energy. When you get older, you might have different assets you can get, maybe life experience, maybe wisdom, maybe just a, a helping hand or whatever, but figure it out. And figure out how you can contribute. And as you contribute, you'll create pathways and open doors for you to get what you need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I look at it like this. You, you really got to be patient and persistent. You got to like, you got to understand that if you decide today after listening to this podcast, I'm going to apply this law of attraction intention, I'm going to do this. You got to go like commit and say like, I'm going to put three months in and I'm not kidding, maybe even put a year but put a few months in of saying, I'm just going to contribute as much as I possibly can for like three months or a year or whatever. And then only after I've done that, then I'm going to start asking people for what I want. But only after I've contributed and only after I'm only going to ask people that I've contributed to at least three times before I ever ask them for anything. And if you do this, I give you my guarantee that you will begin to open up doors that you never knew were possible. And this is the thing. This is so simple. So simple, but that's how it works. Yeah. I mean, and you know what? You don't have to believe in energy to know that that works. Yeah. Because if someone's coming around and they're helping you out over and over and over again, you don't think you're going to turn around when they ask for like a little bit of a help, which barely puts you out. You're probably going to do it because they will. And and don't, don't like once the person gives you the thing, don't stop helping them. If they helped you continue to help them because now you know that they give back. Yeah. They're not a taker right? And you know what you're going to, most people you give to and walk the extra mile for are going to give you nothing. They're not going to do anything for you. They're going to be, you know, it's not wasted energy, but what you're trying to do, if you gave to 10 people, your one person comes back and helps you out. It was all worth it. And you need to start looking at it that way, in my opinion. Right. And, and 
that's the gratitude. That's the contribution part of this agreement, right? It's a team thing. It's not a one way street and you don't have to believe in energy and the universal power, which I think might actually help you to do, but you don't have to believe in that for this to, to know that this works. Yeah. 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 So beer, beer, yeah, getting I mean, low. Oh, we're getting low, man. Getting, you're drinking. getting real low. We've been drinking through this, baby. All right. So what mm. do you think of this one? I'm enjoying it. It's nice and light. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, obviously I'm enjoying it. I mean, I have like a sip left. Um, and uh, yeah, it's good. It's nice. It's light. It's refreshing. I'm thinking it's either a lager or it could be a Pilsner or it could be like, let's just see one. I'm going to single with lager. It's, it's tasty. It's, it's got like, uh, it, it's, it's not, a, I don't want to say like plain isn't necessarily the right word. It's kind of got a very, um, it's got a very like easy drinking kind of like, you know, taste with a little bit of a taste at the end, which I kind of like because yeah. it doesn't like, it's like a summer beer. It's hot today. I'm drinking it back and it's kind of, it's weird. It's like almost going down like water, which is actually on a hot day is actually the kind of beer I usually want to drink. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to yeah. have too much flavor cause it's like too much, you know? Mm-hmm. So this has been, this has been a good beer for today. Yeah. All right. Well, you were, uh, you're definitely, you were in the right ballpark. Okay. Uh, this is, I don't believe we've actually had, uh, these guys on the show before, but this is from Hoyne Brewing Company. I feel like we had them once actually. Maybe we have had Hoyne okay. on. Yeah. This is just their Pilsner. Oh, it is a Pilsner. It's okay. the Hoyne Pilsner. Uh, any notes on it, honey or any flavors or anything? Um, well, you know, they've got like this little sliding scale on it. So it's like color is very light. Hops is on the more mild side of things. And the malt is also on the pale side of things. So it's, yeah, it's meant to be just like a nice, um, easy drinking kind of a deal. Very, uh, definitely very European style beer. Mm. I feel, I think that's like where that sort of that taste at the end is coming from. Yeah. Um, I love this on the bottle actually, that this was written by the brewmaster. Okay. And so I'm, I'm like, Oh, this is fantastic. I'm just going to read it out to you. Um, on the third night I handed my sweetie, a tall slender Pilsner perfectly poured while holding it up and gazing either at it or through it at me, she said softly, you are so fine to me. <laughs> it was hard to tell if she meant, if she meant to be heard <laughs> ambiguity, or it was hard to tell if she meant to be heard ambiguity. The name is woman. I nearly uttered whether she was speaking to me or to the beer. It was merely semantics. The deal was sealed. I would make it my life's work to make fine beer. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was like, Oh, that's a great little story. Yeah. I like, I that. like it. So yeah, I've, uh, it's been good. It's been a good brew. It's been a good brew. Nice call for today. Um, okay. Well let's go, let's go back to this, you know, so I, I hope that our listening audience at this point is starting to see the practicality of being, um, you know, looking at intention, looking at vision, looking at kind of the idea of putting things in motion, you know, with kind of thought and, and seeing that the, you know, that this actually works and it's not woo woo stuff. It's not like, oh, you have to believe in energy or the universe or something for this to work. Um, 
you know, you don't have to necessarily accept the metaphysical beliefs behind why people argue that this stuff works. You can look at the very practical elements of it. Um, and you know, if you're interested, I might suggest just do a little research, like just like, maybe you don't believe it. It's fine. But just, and and don't just read commercial stuff like the secret or something like go out and read, like, you know, read some stuff on the law of attraction, on the power of intention, on things like, you know, how the neurologically, how the brain works when you put thoughts into them, maybe look for some Ted talks, look for some big think talks, you know, look for some things that might help you to kind of begin to grasp a little bit more of this. But in the meantime, I would say, you know, think of it this way. The what you believe is how you're going to be and live. So if you're believing something that doesn't line up very well with how you want to be or how you want to live, stop believing it. Like just go, okay, you know what? I don't know what I believe, but I don't believe that. And you might not have a belief to fill it yet. Just be empty in that area. That's fine. Just be like a vacant spot. I don't know what I think. Yeah. Sometimes people ask me, what do you think about this? Or what's your belief on that? You know what? That one I don't know about right now. I'll get back to you on it. I'm working it out because you don't have to know. That's another Mm. thing that's really, really important. You don't have to know how it works. You don't have to know what to believe. You do not have to have the answers. All you need to know is what you want, what's true for you, how you want to be, how you want to live, what you want to feel, you know, what you want to experience. You don't need to know anything more than what's true for you right now. And I know that like, you know, people will push you to believe in your, you know, religion and whatever else. Don't like, don't get so caught up in that. Just connect to the moment for the time being. Be in that and through that, allow the answers, you know, of whatever greater beliefs of how things work, allow those to kind of come in and you'll figure it out. But right now, all any of us know is that we are essentially alive and experiencing this moment. That's all we know. Yeah. We have right now and that's it. We do know, we don't know if the, you know, we, we, we expect that there's going to be a tomorrow, that there's going to be a next week, a next month, the next year. Yeah. Um, we expect we're going to live a certain amount of time, but we don't know for sure, but we do know this. And right now in this moment, you get to decide how you're going to be and live and you get to decide how you're going to believe. So begin to formulate beliefs that work for you and, and just discard ones that don't. And you know what? Eventually the ones you discard, when you make space for them, you will find that either come back and they'll be yours and you'll own them or you'll find new ones. But either way, this is kind of how, you know, and, and, and be easy on yourself. You know, none of us were born out of the womb knowing everything. Yeah. Oh no. Right. And we all, and even, even, you know, at at our deathbeds, there's questions, there's questions. (laughs) There's there's so much that we don't know, you know, and it's like, so get over it to, to a large degree. And, and part of what you're saying, uh, reminds me of, of a speech that Jim Carrey had given to people. And he said, you're either making decisions out of fear or out of love. Mm. And I think that this whole thing of intentions is about us growing in power to make decisions out of love as opposed to out of fear. Yeah. You know, and I think to me that it makes it an easy decision when we look at it that way, when we begin to see it that way, it's like, you're going to make a decision out of fear or out of love. 
one just kind of immediately has a better draw to it, doesn't it? Right. You know, and that's all about what intention is. It's like, it's, you know, I think that when we, when we have, when we start consciously doing this, when we start really setting intentions for our lives and we turn it into a practice in our lives, instead of just kind of unconsciously cruising through it and letting fear run us, we consciously make a decision to say, no, I'm going to live my life more in this way. And it begins to manifest in ways that you don't even necessarily understand. You know, it happens in these little instances of, you know, maybe it seems like nothing's really happening. You're doing these affirmations, you're doing, you're setting yourself these intentions. It doesn't really seem like anything's happening, right? right? And maybe you're out one day and you meet somebody who says they do something or they're involved in something that's kind of like what you're interested in doing. And normally you would freeze up and you would, and you wouldn't say anything. You would just, I was like, Oh, that's cool. You know, and you would just have a pleasant conversation. That would be that. But in that moment you go, my intention is that I have confidence and share what I do with the people around me. Hmm. And you go, you know what? I feel afraid about this, but this is my intention. So you decide to say something that decision to say something could change everything. Yeah. You know, it's, it's these little things that, that start to happen that create that avalanche, right? It's these little, you know, it's not always the big things. It's the little things. It's the little things, it's the little things mm-hmm. where you make, where you make it a decision different than you would have. Right. And then that one decision can change the whole trajectory of your life. Yeah. And that's the thing that we don't always realize because we get caught in patterns of making the same decisions over and over and and the pattern never changes because we repeat the pattern and then we never move. But like one move can change everything. Like maybe for example, you're single and you're, you know, you're looking for someone and you really want to find a great partner. Well, all it really takes is one opportunity with someone where your whole life of being single and feeling alone or feeling like I'm not meeting someone that matters, all this sudden changes and it only takes one thing. And so the thing is, is like, you know, you, you can begin by making a decision that, you know, I don't know how my life's going to change, but it is going to change. Yeah. Something is going to, something is going to occur. Something, some opportunity is going to come along where I can do a decision that's different than I would normally do. And I'm going to do it. Yeah. And I don't know when it's going to come. I don't know where it's going to come, but it's going to come and it can be very vague, Yeah. but you'll figure it out. It's, yeah. it's really, yeah. It's like, cause everything can re- like things can change in an instant. There's so many success stories out there. People saying it's like, it's like it happened in an instant, Yeah. but it's about being prepared for that instant to happen. Right. Right. And I think that that's what this whole game of intention is about. It's about preparing yourself for that instant, right? For that moment and being like, I'm ready for this. Even when I don't think I'm ready for it, I'm going to keep telling myself I'm ready for it. <laughs> right. And, you know, you know, and, and, uh, you know, when opportunity does pop up, you know, take that action, go for it and don't, 
you know, don't worry about like, if there's, there's one thing that you maybe don't do, right? Like for example, you go to the gym or you walk down the street or you go to the cafe or you do something daily. And there's one thing you don't do, but you would like to do, which is maybe you say hi to someone you don't normally say hi to. So try it out. And the thing is, is like, you know, don't base your entire decision based on the first time it happens. Cause you might talk to someone and they might not be ready to have a conversation. They might not be ready to open up to you, but just begin to try doing things you don't normally do. And what will happen is you begin to experience the world differently. You begin to see that like, Oh, you know what? That wasn't so bad. Like this is possible. Um, and you know, a lot of the time, I think why we don't believe things is because we've never even knocked on the door of possibility for it. So once you start knocking on the pos- the door of possibility, you start to find out that like, oh, this was actually easier than I thought. And I had never actually tested this. I'd only made it up in my head or I had taken hearsay what other people had told me it was hard. Yeah. You know, there's lots of things like that. Like I-, I found that in my life where people told me things were hard and I was like, that wasn't so hard. But I was like, up until I had tried it, I thought maybe it was hard, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? there's lots of things like that. I find that are, um, surprisingly, uh, you know, surprising, like amount of information that I've accepted that wasn't really my own experience and wasn't really, um, you know, uh, calibrated to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, you know, that's, that's definitely part of it. Well, okay. Um, what do you, what do you think? Should we wrap up and say what we're going to yeah, I say we or? should probably wrap this wrap okay. this guy up here. What let's see, what are we gonna walk away with here? I well, guess yeah. unless you got something. Well no, I mean yeah, I, I think I know what I'm I'm walking away with here is is um you know, for myself, I'm actually for, for the next month I'm going to I'm I'm going to set myself up in an in intention and an affirmation around uh where I am feeling blocked. Myself. And I would encourage anyone else who's listening to this on the other end, do the same. Where are you, where are you blocked? What is the thing that you want to do more than anything that you're not doing? Hmm. And how can you create an intention and an affirmation that you say to yourself every single day to help you overcome that, to go through it? Uh, and see what happens. Just yeah. see what happens. I mean, for me, it's like, I'm excited about this. I'm excited to take this one on to take this sort of takeaway yeah. with me. Cause, um, you know, I know that I know that this shit works and I know that this shit is true. And, and it's, I, I, you could get into any, I'm sure plethora of reasons as to why we don't do it and why I myself have not been doing it. Um, doesn't really matter. Doesn't really matter. Every day is a new day and you can begin, you can start and yeah. you can, and you can set this thing into motion. Right. And things can change in an instant, as we said. It, so it begins today begins today. Okay. So, uh, one thing I want to, I want to ask our listening audience to do, if you're, if you're willing to embrace this, is if you want to really like supercharge it, then I would say read the book, um, think and grow rich by Napoleon Hill. It's not, it's not necessarily just about making money. It's about building the relationships, creating the career you want, creating life you want, everything you want, but read the book and apply 
the lessons in it. Cause there's this one part where it's like, get certain about what you want. And there's another part, which I found very effective was create a plan on how you're going to do it and then act out that plan. And when you get really certain about it and you do this affirmation and you act out the plan, it's absolutely incredible what I've seen happen in my own life when that, when that occurs. And my only fault was that I stopped sticking with it at a certain point. Mm. And I've been questioning that recently is like, well, what threw me off course? Like, why did I stop? And, and I found that the thing that threw me off course was, you know, it was usually emotional block. It was like, um, something didn't work out in my life. And instead of championing it and like being like, okay, why is this good? I became a victim of it. And then I started to essentially self-sabotage the good practices I had put in place. Mm. So, um, that could help people to not self-sabotage themselves with, uh, you know, with some of this, this, these, these practices. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm a little further along. I've, I've been doing the affirmation for a couple week weeks. I'm seeing it take effect. I'm really, I have a momentum. I'm believing in it. So what I'm going to do is do two things walking away from this podcast. One is I'm going to create at least one new avenue for income to come into my life. Uh, financial income of some sort. I'm just going to create some type of avenue or some type of path um, in which this could uh, come to me or I could gain. The other thing that I'm going to do is, uh, well, now I forget. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, no, I had one other one I was going to do, but, uh, well, I'm going to, I'm going to create that path. Oh, and I'm going to see, I'm going to do one thing that I can do, um, to start contributing Mm. that I'm not doing already to contribute. I'm going to look in one way in which I can contribute to help other people. And I can either offer my uh, abilities or services or whatever, um, for free, you know, uh, and walk the extra mile to do something that I don't, that isn't asked of me. And I'll do it simply because I want to do it because I want to build a, uh, a certain amount of contribution and, um, value in myself to know that I'm contributing and I'm a value and I can see my value in the world because I feel that will reinforce everything I'm doing. So those are the two things I'm going to walk away with a, a contribution I can do and, um, an avenue of wealth or income or financial income that is new that I'm, that I don't have already in my life. I'll just take from my list of 63 things and I'll at least apply one of them. And, uh, you know, and then I may continue doing that. I may continue to add revenue streams as I progress. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited about doing that. That's, that makes sense to me. So, man, this has been great. This has been a good one. Good one. Yeah. I hope everyone walks away and I hope they're inspired and they, and they apply some of this stuff. I think it can be super valuable. So no, it is for me. There we go, everybody. Well, keep tuning in and make sure to, uh, follow us on the B and E podcast.com. Go to SoundCloud, go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to Blueberry. What else we got? Every directory you can imagine <laughs> pretty much. Go. Yeah. If you like this stuff, uh, share it, like it, give us a ratings, leave us a review. Um, yeah. And tell your friends about it. You know, tell your friends, tell your friends. We appreciate it. 
That was our show for today. Thanks a lot for listening and being a part of this. If you enjoyed our conversation, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Or you can learn more and message us at www.thebndpodcast.com. Oh, and make sure to leave a comment and rate us on iTunes. That will really help us out a lot. It definitely will. Thanks.